I come from a quite humble background. Uh, my parents were were not um, educated to the highest level. My dad was driving um, what we call in Ghana trotro, um, which is like the bus. Um, and then I, I I also grew up seeing my mom moving from one company to the other as a cleaner, um, working on different type of jobs, selling different things to just ensure that we can get our daily bread. So we were not really living or my parents were not saving for tomorrow. They were working to get what we'll eat the next day. This is Derek Omari, a social entrepreneur with an incredible life story. A story that begins with the immense financial difficulties he faced as a child. At some point, because of financial issues and not being able to pay for rent, we had to be kicked out of where we were. And my parents had to look for a non-completed place somewhere very far away from the city to be there. But I did not want to stop schooling. My dad wanted me to stop to join him um, as, as what we call trotro meet or the, the conductor of the bus to collect the money and, you know, and shout where the, the bus is going and all that. But uh, my mom really stood her ground and said that whatever she would do to find me a place to live so I can finish my basic education, she would do that. But against the odds, Derek's ingenuity and passion for helping others has today transformed him into one of the most impactful social entrepreneurs of his generation uplifting many in the process and transforming the lives of his family. Today, my dad is no more driving. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a few years ago, I think about three years ago, I bought, a, I bought him a car. Um, I built um, a, a grocery shop for my, my mom. Um, now, she instead of carrying things on her head, she has a whole big shop to herself with well-stocked shop, you know. Which parents won't be proud? So how did Derek do it? How did this young man go from a difficult childhood to becoming one of the most impactful and awarded social entrepreneurs in Ghana? Welcome to the Climb Podcast, where we tell extraordinary stories of the African youth. is Derek Omari. I'm Ghanaian. Um, I'm a young man, um, 27 years of age, um, and I am based in Accra. Derek Omari is one of Ghana's most impactful social entrepreneurs. His life's work to guarantee access to technology for marginalized children and for those living with disabilities has led him to build a bustling social enterprise. So how did all this start, you might ask? Well, Derek tells me his passion for helping others stemmed from the financial difficulties he and his own family faced while he was growing up. I come from a quite humble background. Uh, my parents were, were not um, educated to the highest level. My dad did not even get into the high school. Uh, my mom as well. So these mean meant that my parents had to, you know, do very menial jobs to try and help, you know, and they had four children. I'm the first born. 
My dad was driving a mobile car in Ghana, Trotro. Um, and then I, I also grew up seeing my mom moving from one company to the other as a cleaner, um, working on different type of jobs, selling different things. At some point, because of financial issues and not being able to pay for rent, we had to be kicked out of where we were. And my parents had to look for non-completed place. Some were very far away from the city to be there. But I did not want to stop schooling. My dad wanted me to stop to join him um, as, as what we call trotro meet or the, the conductor of the bus to collect the money and, you know, and shout where the, the bus is going and all that. But uh, my mom really stood her ground and said that whatever she would do to find me a place to live so I can finish my basic education, she would do that. And so I, I, I had the chance to talk to many people and then I spoke to a friend's parents and they decided to let me come there for just a short while. And when they did, I think I'm, I'm Christian and I believe in God's grace. I think that through that, they somehow loved my personality. They were not related to us in any way. They were from different tribe, you know, but they decided to keep me there for some time. And then on and on and on, it became like I became part of their family. And I think that thing has really left a dent and a mark in my life and how I see things and how I have come to appreciate life that I don't need to know you. I don't need to be related to you to to, to be a blessing to you or to, to, to transform your life or to have an impact on your life. And I think that has, that's what has shaped my view of, of life. In the end, it shaped me into who I am today. And the person Derek has become today started with a program known as Tech Era. As a university undergrad, Derek started this simple organization to help marginalized students learn about ICT. Tech Era really started um, after my first year of undergrad, going to my second year of undergrad. Um, I've done a very, very sort of like engaging internship where I had to design projects, design programs for an NGO. And they paid me very little, but I really picked up a lot of skills from that internship, my first year internship. And then I thought to myself, hmm, you know, Ashesi University in Ghana is located in the Eastern region, which is um, um, in Berkusu. Berkusu is a, a community more like, I wouldn't say rural area, but at that time, it was, it was like a rural area where most of the people in the community didn't have access to very quality education. They, they, they lack basic skills. You won't walk to a school and find computer computers in the school. I mean, you have learned nicety. You don't even have the resources to practice it. You know, so seeing that problem, which I discovered in a course I took in my first year, that's design thinking and problem solving. I decided to design a program that can help the students at least get the opportunity to practice what they learn, especially in the area of ICT. And so it was just um, an opportunity to just really put into action the skills that I had acquired at my internship and really take up the problem I discovered in my first year in my course. And also using my background as an inspiration. And so I mobilized students together, spoke to the administration. They gave me access to their lab. I transported students every every week, like two times a week to the lab. 
organize a curriculum, and then we just started. It didn't really take much. And then as we continued, we saw the impact, and then we extended to other schools. Then we began to see the improvements in the, in the grades of the students, and, and we can see some improvements in confidence level. Students were asked to do presentations. They were asked to speak English. We began to use as a measure for to encourage students to go to school because if you don't go to school, you don't get to be part of this. Right. So it, it ended up impacting many lives and parents started seeing the results. Now we had children designing flyers for parents who were selling items, groceries and things. And so they could see direct impact. But as impactful as this was, Derek did not stop there. He decided to take things even further. But as we proceeded, I went, I found myself in the blind school, which is a coupon school for the blind in Ghana. And at that time, I'm a, I'm a musician. I do some music on the side. So I was teaching music. I was teaching dance and, and drums in the blind school um, with a US-based NGO. And one of the people I had been communicating with I, before going to the school was blind. And I was communicating with the person on WhatsApp. And I was so surprised when I met him. I was like, wow, you are blind. How did I speak to you on WhatsApp? How did you do it? I can't imagine. I've never seen this happen. You know, and then he began to teach me what he did, the app he used, how he's able to use Facebook, email, WhatsApp, read books, and other things. And I was so surprised. So I asked him, how many people can do this like you? And I guess that was a turning point. You know, he struggled to answer that question, but he gave me an idea that only about 3% of people who, like him, could use smartphones. And I asked him, so how does it happen in this school? Do they teach children to use smartphones and computers? And he said, they do, but there is only one teacher teaching about 400 blind children. And I'm like, how does one teacher teach 400 blind people? to use computers. And so I went further to talk to the teacher and I understood that teaching blind persons was very hands-on. Like you literally have to be with the person to explain the concepts, to let them learn how to use the keyboard. And you know, blind people don't use any special keyboard or special materials or special technology. They can use our regular computers, our regular phones, but of course they have what we call the assistive technologies that enable them to access content that we can see, you know? so. I was like, wow, this initiative I started in school will probably be more needed in this setting because for these people, how would they communicate with their family? How would they read books? How would they have access to social connections? How would they apply to schools? And so these were the questions I was asking myself. And then we started asking ourselves, right now there is a huge gap in technologies that persons with disabilities need to access education, employment, and other things. Why don't we create it? And just like that, the goal of Derek's organization expanded beyond just teaching ICT to marginalized students to now innovating unique technologies to help those living with disabilities. And so we decided to create technologies in education and employment. You know, and we have some of our technologies being used by over 10,000 children with disabilities and, not, um, and non-disabled children. You know, and we, are, we went ahead to create even further technologies that allowed us to raise capital and raise funding to continue our impact because most of the beneficiaries we were targeted couldn't pay for the services. And that is how we became a social enterprise because it was just very difficult to run a nonprofit 
because a lot of Africans don't easily give. It's so difficult to raise capital in terms of donor funding if you're a young nonprofit. You know, you don't have the system set up. And sometimes the donations, they require a matching fund, which you don't have. And so how do we self-finance the impact so that we can continue to impact people, but we can also feed ourselves and feed our families? And that is how we pivoted into social entrepreneurship. Today, we have products that are being used by households to track water consumption, to buy water, to know, to help them know the amount of water in their tanks. We have products that are being used by banks in loan origination. Um, we have different products, educational products, and we are even launching an educational product that will help blind persons use graph. Currently, blind persons can't do math and can't graph. And so we have a product that we're about to launch. And so this is how we have evolved over time and how we have now become a social enterprise with a huge engineering arm and also an impact arm. So for almost a decade, Derek and his team at Tech Era have been innovating unique technologies to help those living with disabilities, while also building one of Ghana's most formidable social enterprises. I asked Derek if there were any stories from the amazing people he has met in the course of his work that have remained with him. And he told me the stories were many. Oh, I have so many stories like that. Um, let me share a very recent story of a program we organized. We were contracted by the German Development Corporation, GIC, to run um, a, 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 an entrepreneurship and digital training for persons with disabilities across the country, especially persons with disabilities who were entrepreneurial or had businesses or were thinking about starting businesses. And you see... For example, when you have a, a, a person who is deaf or a person who is hearing impaired, and the person, no matter how creative the person is or no matter how smart the person is, if you cannot uh, communicate and sign language, that person can never sell to you. You go, or you can never buy from the person. And that's already a barrier, a, society, a societal barrier that prevents persons with disabilities from entrepreneurial activities. How a person who is a wheelchair user move around to sell things, to, to make sales. The best tool to use to bridge that gap is technology. And so we wanted to use technology as an enabler to encourage persons with disabilities to build online businesses. And it was so impactful. And let me share a story of this young man called Nicholas. Nicholas is a person with albinism. He has been facing a lot of stigmatization a lot of finger pointing, a lot of people sort of like they don't want to get close to him, people talking about him and all that because of some um, societal uh, deception and prejudice about persons with albinism that they are usually from, from the river, they don't belong to man. They are, they, you know, there's all sorts of things that people think about persons with albinism. And because of that, he cannot sell anything. Meanwhile, he's a great salesperson. He's a great orator. He can easily sell things. And he was employed by, um, I think, a health a health company to sell their, their medicines and products. But he could not make any sale. And because of that, he was running out of money. He wanted to kill himself because he didn't think that anything could work for him. Nobody wants to buy from him. In fact, at a meeting, he was saying that, like, this was his last week where he could, like, if not anything, he's just going to end his life and that will be the end of it. 
And so when he came across our program, when we taught him how to use smartphone, basic use of smartphone, how to set up Instagram businesses. It's, it may be so simple, you may not even place value on it. You know, how to create um, flyers, how to use Canva to create flyers, how to market, how to sponsor an ad, how to target customers, how to run a business, build a business model, how to register a business. And we gave him all the tools. The session did not end. He was already making sales. He was already making sales. And for him, it was life-changing because he did not have to go and meet anybody in person again. He did not have to go anywhere again. We have similar stories of persons who are blind, who were taught to even design flyers. Can you imagine a blind person designing a flyer with very, very, very common tools like Canva and very common tools that are readily available to us that we all, always have access to, but we do not really place value on it. You know, and, and that is the kind of impact we, we have created. I mean, we also have impacts of children with disabilities, children with autism, who are programming robots. We had a young man with cerebral palsy, a wheelchair user, who likes talking, but it, his speech is not clear. And so nobody wanted to listen to him. But this man, when we taught him how to use um, the computer and taught him how to write blogs, and taught him how to write blogs, that was that was just something for him because now he didn't have to go and talk to someone who would ask him many many things multiple times but now he could share his story to the world today herman is not in ghana herman has gotten scholarship through his blog writing a man with cerebral palsy nobody wanted to talk to and now he's studying in the uk and so these are just a few impact stories of of how our work has impacted the people that we've been working with for all he has done, in 2018, Derek was awarded the Queen's Young Leaders Prize by the late Queen Elizabeth II. I asked Derek how that moment felt. I mean, I, I mean that was that was an exciting period in my life. It was unbelievable. Um, it was. I, I remember walking into the room with music like an orchestra playing in the background. You have all the ambassadors from the 60 Commonwealth countries seated in the room with very high profile persons like Meghan Markle, Prince um, Harry, um, some sportsmen and women, David Beckham. You know, I just could, like, it's like my heart sank. You know, you meet someone you've been seeing on the TV for a long time and you can't believe you are standing in front of the person. And then I was the third person to go and meet her for the award. The award was a silver medal in this nice, well-designed red case. I still have the silver medal though. And, and when I met her, she, she shook my hand. And we had a short conversation for like maybe 20 seconds, 30 seconds, where she asked me what my name was the work I do, and and when I told her the work I do and what my name was and the country I'm from, then she told me about how um, she was so proud of the work that I'm doing, and there are, uh, there are not many people like me, and I'm doing such an important work. I should continue doing it, and and Ghana is proud of me. It was like, I, I mean, I almost forgot my name at that time because it was it was just so beautiful. She was so calm. She was smiling. 
uh, hands felt so like she was so welcome. And then after that, we had a picture session. You could see how um, she was she was she was quite she was quite open, very human, you know, having conversations with us, and it was just a beautiful moment. So from the depths of financial difficulty and educational uncertainty, Derek Omari has pulled himself to the zenith of social entrepreneurship, innovating his way to success, touching the lives of many, and transforming his family. What could be more inspiring than that? Before I let him go, I asked Derek what the future holds, and he told me, the future is exciting. Oh, I think that the future is too exciting. I mean, when I look at the things that are in the pipeline, I am like, wow, it's going to be groundbreaking. You know, I I mean, a lot of it is related to technology. We are, I, I want my organization, I want my organization to be the leading organization in technology provision for persons with disabilities across Africa. And that is not far away at all. I can say that in about a year or two, almost every blind student will be using our mathematical tool for learning. We have learning management platforms that we are yet to roll out. We have hardware, educational materials that we are yet to roll out that will transform the learning experiences of blind students across Africa. Um, I mean, when you talk about um, commercial products, we have water level monitoring devices. We have water flow sensors that allows people to pay for water before they consume. And our devices will be in every single apartment, every single tall rise building, every single home with a polytank, every single home with tenants. You know, it's going to be incredible. And this gives us access to capital to continue to do the work we are doing in disability. We can do more research. We can do more um, innovation. We can build more educational products that can transform lives of all persons with disabilities across the continent. I mean, we are also talking to many banks who are, are subscribing to our services. And for me, the fact that I can easily raise the capital I need to create the impact that is self-sustaining, you know, the impact when it's created, the technology when it's created for persons with disabilities will not be free but it will be affordable in a way that everybody can access it to advance their education. Do you know that in Ghana, blind students don't learn science and maths? That is how big the problem is. And it's the same across many African countries. You know, So there is a lot of potential in the space. There is a lot we can do. And for me, I'm more focused on creating sustainable businesses and not just doing impact and NGO and doing it for a short while. I'm always thinking about, can we do this in the next 100 years? How do we create this impact continuously without being hindered by donor funding, without being hindered by grant funding? You know, it's a whole industry on its own and we are creating that industry, you know, and that's what makes me excited. So I'm really excited about the future. This episode of the Climb Podcast was hosted and edited 
by Jewel Atador Bright. Special thanks to Derek Omari for allowing us to tell his story. The Climb Podcast is a podcast collaboration between the Channels Media Group and the Feroz Lalji Institute for Africa at the London School of Economics and Political Science. Thank you for listening.